Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 79, Gen X Jeopardy. <laughs> Brian here, along with Yancey Eaton. This is Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. And it's going to be a generational battle tonight. I'll tell you that because we're going to be playing a round of Gen X Jeopardy. We are going to challenge the millennial. If you like Gen X trivia and you like challenging millennials on Gen X trivia, you're going to love this week's show. That's for sure. But before we get started, Yancey, how's everything going, Chris. my friend? Uh, not too bad. Work's killing me like it always does. Mm -hmm. um, I just finished reading uh, the book Sphere by Michael Crichton. Our buddy Sammy recommended it to me. It's probably my third book in its entirety that I've read that he's recommended. So he's kind of starting his own uh, two-man book club, which I really appreciate. It was really good, really good, interesting sci-fi, really like thought, you know, provoking and compelling. Um, other than that, not a whole lot in the pop culture world. Obviously, you, you heard that Aretha Franklin died, which I, I thought was, I did, yeah. was really off guard. And, uh, you know, I, I remember like one of my favorite movies of all time, The Blues Brothers, her in that. And it was so funny, like when they made that movie, her and Ray Charles were in it and James Brown. And a lot of these these artists at the time were considered, quote unquote, washed up because it was the era of disco, you know, and, and they had, yep. had like their time was passed. And and the Landis and Belushi and Akron insisted that they all be in the movie, especially Aretha. They, uh, they didn't want. Aretha in the movie originally the the producers they wanted to get the people that sang uh, car wash to be in the movie and they were like no no man it's Aretha Aretha Franklin's gonna be and so they fought for her to be in it and mm -hmm. so it always stands out to me I, she was something else man oh man oh man what a voice that was something you know, yeah, I'm not that was gonna said yep I'm not going to have like a huge monologue like I did like with Prince or Tom Petty about Aretha. I just wanted to like say like one thing about her that I did find like incredibly interesting and kind of like noteworthy for me personally. Obviously, her music's amazing and her voice was amazing. And there's a reason why she was just the absolute queen of soul, because she has a set of pipes. that was just out of this world. Like it can't be taught kind of thing. But the one thing after reading all these pieces and going back and I listened to like her her best hits album, I listened to um, a bunch of covers that she did. And I think the fact that she was able to twist other people's songs like Otis Redding or, uh, you know, Dionne Warwick, like she would take all these different songs and make them her own. And um, it made me think of the the scene from Amadeus where uh, Mozart basically tries I, I can't remember the other composer's name but um basically takes this piece that he had made for the king or whomever um and the guy had worked on it forever and he just right off the bat just kind of shows him up and fancifies it that's kind of what aretha did like um doesn't get enough credit as like an actual producer and somebody who made songs her own and took semi-obscure like b cuts of other artists and made them absolutely just you know top 40 sensations and um just really 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 talented and um you know it's sad she she wasn't like her late 70s i think you know complications with cancer she'd been sick for a while um but what a body of work that she left behind i've been listening to a ton of her old stuff and uh, while she, like you said, she she kind of struggled with disco because she refused to kind of like jump into it. Just like whenever she first came up as an artist, she didn't really identify herself with the Motown movement at all, despite the fact that, you know, her family was from Detroit, but always kind of an original, just like a Prince, uh, obligatory Prince mentioned. So everybody took a shot 
Um, but man, what a what a voice, what a talent, and it's a it's kind of sad that she's gone. But that's all I have about her. I am very pleased to hear a millennial speak so strongly about Aretha Franklin. So that's wonderful. I love it when you love all this stuff from the past. It's great. Um, you mentioned uh, that you were reading a book, and um, that just something kind of triggered in my mind. So um, I'm going to just tuck this away. Let's let's put a pin in this and come back to it at some point. But I think we need to do an episode very shortly on some of our favorite books. I'd be very interested to know as a millennial what your sort of top five favorite novels of all time are. You want to do a show on that shortly? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll definitely come back to that. Okay, but uh, I guess it's time to get started this week's show. We're going to do something a little different this week uh, rather than our regular topics or going back and forth with movie suggestions for each other. We're going to play. Uh, we like playing game shows around here. You like playing game shows, don't you? Of course, yes. And I definitely like messing with the millennial, that's for sure. So we decided that we would play a game of Gen X Jeopardy. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a couple rounds of Jeopardy. Uh, Yancey, you're going to be on the spot. You're the contestant on the show. I will be Alex Trebek. He's also a fellow Canadian, so I'll try my best to play the role. And I'm going to ask you questions about Gen X, and we're going to see how much a millennial knows about Gen X pop culture. When we get started here, Yancy, you've got to make sure to give your response in the form of a question. You do like Jeopardy, right? Like you're a Jeopardy fan. Of course. I love Jeopardy, or as my wife calls it, foreplay. She absolutely <laughs> loves watching Jeopardy, and she every time I get something correct, um, she just absolutely loves it. She's into nerds. She always has been. So it's it's kind of like a mutually beneficial thing where we can both play together. She's really good at it. I'm really good at it. One of these days, we're going to go on like couples Jeopardy and just completely mop the floor with them. But yes, I love Jeopardy. It's like a it's it's partly religion in our household. So well, um, I'm, I'm all on board for this. Well, come on in the church because we're going to be playing uh, around. <laughs> we're going to be playing some Jeopardy night. So let's Let's get started with that. I'm going to look so stupid, by the way. So no, I'm not. just getting better now. Nah, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going to. You're just going to be great. Here we go. Okay, so before we get started in the Jeopardy round, uh, we're going to go ahead and fill the board. Okay, and Yancey, the categories in the Jeopardy round are 80s TV shows, action movie plots. I'll give the plot. You name the film. Famous celebrities. Movies of the 1970s and 80s music artists. You'll get the song title in that category and you must name the artist associated with the song. So, Yancey, mm -hmm. where would you like to go first? Uh, let's go with 80s music artists for 100, please. 80s music artists for 100. The Clue. Purple Rain. Uh, who is Prince? That's correct. Pick again. I will take uh, 80s music for 200. Living on a Prayer. Uh, who is Bon Jovi? That's correct. Pick again. All right, same, cate same category for 300. Time after time. Oh, uh, who is Cindy Lauper? That's correct. Pick yes. again. Uh, 400, same category. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Who is Bonnie Tyler? Pick again. And let's let's make it a sweep, 500. Eye of the Tiger. Uh, Survivor. Oh, he swept the category. Very good. Whoa, nice job. Okay, pick again. All right, let's move back over to the other side of the board and go with uh, the 80s TV shows for 100. This long-running show featured a former Major League relief pitcher running a bar in Boston. Uh, what is Cheers? That's correct. Pick again. All right, 80s TV shows for 200. Remade into a movie in 2010... This TV series ran from 1983 to 1987 and featured characters such as Murdoch, Hannibal, Faceman, and B.A. Baracus. Oh, this is bad. I really should know this. I don't know. 
It's the A-Team. Pick again. Oh, of course. Uh, all right. Uh, 80s movie or 80s TV for 300. This show starred David Hasselhoff and a 1982 Pontiac Firebird named Kit. Uh, what is Knight Rider? Correct. Pick again. Never saw it. Uh, let's do uh, same category for 500. This Cosby Show spinoff took place at fictional Hillman College. I don't know. A Different World. Pick again. Also never heard of that one. Um, let's go with Famous Celebs for 100. The Clue. Although known more today for marrying his stepdaughter, this director rose to fame in the 1970s by directing such films as Manhattan and Annie Hall. Uh, who is Ron Howard? Nope. I'm sorry. It's Woody Allen. Woody Allen's correct. Oh, Woody pick Allen. A, pick again. Why do I always get those two confused? Okay. Uh, all right. Same category, 300. For 300. His death on August 16th, 1977 was officially ruled as a heart attack. Although some fans claimed for years that he was secretly alive and never left the building. Uh, who is Elvis Presley? That's correct. Pick again. All right. Uh, same category for 400, Chris. This actress's best-selling poster, famously featuring her erect nipples, made her the ultimate pinup girl of the 1970s. Erect nipples? Oh, my. <laughs> uh, who is Bo Derek? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, Pick again. I knew that. Bo Derek is the braid picture, right? Mm, that's right. Okay. All right. Uh, famous celebs for 500. Oh, it's the Daily Double. Okay, so you have $2,200. How much would you like to wager? You can wager up to everything. You know what? I've waited my whole life to say this, Chris. I'll probably never get the chance to say it again, but let's make it a true daily double. Okay. The clue in Famous Celebrities. This actor was the highest grossing movie star from 1978 to 1982. Uh, who is Harrison Ford? I'm sorry. It was... Burt Reynolds. Burt no. Reynolds. Ah! You go down to zero. Pick again. Uh, it was a bad choice. That was a bad choice. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, let's go back to the 80s TV shows uh, for 400. Last clue in that category. This show featured a family in Brooklyn whose children included Vanessa, Rudy, Theo, and Denise. Uh, what is Happy Days? No, I'm sorry. It's the Cosby Show. Pick again. Oh. I did not see that. I sound so stupid. Okay, let's do a let's do action movie plots for 100, Chris. Okay, remember, I'll give you the the plot of the film, you name the movie. For 100, the clue. Great white shark terrorizes New England town. Uh, what is jaws? Correct. Pick again. Uh, same category 200. College professor treks across the world fighting Nazis for possession of ancient religious artifact. What is, I'm going to, I can't say the wrong name. What is Raiders of the Lost Ark? Correct. Pick again. All right. I almost said Indiana Jones and you would have given me the incorrect answer. So I, I would have taken away 200 from you. That is correct. <laughs> um, and as smug as Alex Trebek does it too. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go same category 300, Chris. Indestructible android is sent back in time to assassinate a waitress whose unborn son grows up to lead the resistance against the rise of the machines. Uh, what is Terminator? Correct. Pick again. And let's close out action movie plots for 500. Terminally wounded police officer returns to the force as a powerful crime-fighting cyborg. 
what is RoboCop? Correct. Pick again. Uh, classic movie that sucks, but I like. So mm-hmm. uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Seventies movies for one hundred. This nineteen seventy nine horror film's tagline was "In space, no one can hear you scream." Uh, what is Alien? Correct. Pick again. Uh, let's do 70s movies for 200. This comedy about a zoo fraternity spawned a decade of copycat teen gross-out comedies. Uh, you like this one, isn't it? Animal House? That's, what is Animal House? That is correct. Pick again. Uh, 70s movies for 400. Based on the novel by Mario Puzo, this 1972 film is often referred to as one of the greatest American films ever made. American, or, uh, um, what is, time's up, sorry, it's The Godfather. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to hear about that one. Okay, uh, let's round out the last question in the category, 70s movies for 500, Chris. This 1976 horror was the first film to be made, which was based on a Stephen King novel. Uh, what is Carrie? That's correct. Pick again. You still have the $300 clue in that category if you'd like to go for it. Okay. Yeah. Let's close out the category for 300. 300. Here's the clue. Yeah. This 1971 movie set during the Korean War also was adapted into a long running TV series starring Alan Alda. Uh, What is MASH? Correct. Pick again. All right. Minute left. Where can I go? Okay. Let's go Famous Celebs for 200. Okay. He originally began as a writer on Saturday Night Live, but soon became a household name with movie roles such as Reggie Hammond, Axel Foley, and Prince Akeem Joffer. Um, who is Belushi? No. I'm sorry. It's Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is correct. Oh, my God. The last clue on the board under Action Movie Plots for $400. The clue. Off-duty cop tries to save hostages from German terrorists in Los Angeles high-rise office building. I'm sorry. Time's up. It's Die Hard. Die Hard. Oh, my God. I've never seen Die Hard. Is that bad? (laughs) All right. So heading into the Double Jeopardy round, you have $700, Yancey. Let's fill the board. The categories. Video games. Memorable movie scenes. I'll describe the scene. You name the film it belongs to. 70s TV shows. Movies of the 1980s this time. I'll give you the plot again. You name the movie from the decade of the 80s. And finally, Oscar trivia. Where would you like to go? Um, let's, go with my, let's go with my weakest one. Let's go Oscar trivia for 200. The clue. The Oscar ceremony scheduled in March of 1981 had to be postponed by a day due to the assassination attempt on this president. Oh, I, I missed the year. Ni- is... 1981. Oh. I'm sorry, your time's up. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Pick again. Uh, let's go Oscar trivia for 400. This movie about an underdog won Best Picture for 1976, knocking out its fierce competitors, such as All the President's Men, Network, and Taxi Driver. It's about an under. Uh. The movie that knocked out its competitors was Rocky. Rocky, pick again. Oh my god, I'm like falling apart. My heart. Oh my god, my heart's like racing. Why am I so nervous? <laughs> You're down to a hundred dollars. Right, uh, pick again. All right, six hundred Oscar trivia. Okay, he won the 1984 Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his portrayal of real life Cambodian journalist Dith Pran. Um, 
Sorry, time's up. It's Dr. Hang S. Ingor. You're down to minus 400. Pick again. Okay, let's do same category Oscar trivia for 800. Michael Douglas took home the award for best actor for his role as Gordon Gecko in this film, a story of capitalism, corruption, and greed. What is Wall Street? That's correct. Back on your act on the plus side with plus 300. Pick again. They still have the $400 clue in the Oscar trivia category if you want. Okay, Oscar trivia for 400. This winner for Best Picture of 1975 was the only film of the decade to sweep all four of the major awards Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Actress. 1975. What is. I can't think of it. It's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Down to 100 points. Pick again. I'm seeing a theme here. All these movies we've talked about. God. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, let's do movies of the 80s for 200. For 200, the first first clue in that category. A 17-year-old high school student is sent into the past by an older, maniacal scientist. What is Back to the Future? That's correct. You're up to $300. Pick again. Uh, Same category, 400. A troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape Earth and return to his home world. What is E.T.? That's correct. Pick again. Same category, 600. Three former parapsychology professors set up shop as a unique removal service. Uh, What is Ghostbusters? That's correct. You're up to $1,000. Pick again. Uh, Same category, 800. A high school wise guy is determined to have a day off from school, despite what the principal thinks of that. What is Ferris Bueller's day off? That's correct. Pick again. All right. Movies of the 80s for 1,000. Rounding out the category, the clue. After the death of a friend, a writer recounts a boyhood journey to find the body of a missing boy. Mm. Stand by me. Back down to zero dollars. Zero dollars, Yancey. Move on to the next category. Uh, 70s TV shows for 200. For 200. The first clue in that category. This was the most successful spinoff of Happy Days and featured two female Schatz Brewery workers whose first names made up the show's title. I don't know. It's Laverne and Shirley, minus 200. Uh, All right, uh, 70s TV shows for 400. This show was set at a fictitious Minneapolis television studio and featured characters such as Murray Slaughter, Ted Baxter, and Lou Grant. What is... I have no shot at this. I don't know. It's the Mary Tyler Moore Show, minus 400. Pick again. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. Uh, Same category, 70s TV shows for 600. Everybody's favorite bigot, Archie Bunker, feuded with his wife and son-in-law on this show, which ran from 1971 to 1979. What is Happy Days? No, it's all in the family. You're down to minus 1,000. Pick again. Uh... 70s TV shows for 1000 Oh, it's the Daily Double. Okay, you have minus $1,000, Nancy, but you can risk up to 2000 in this category of 70s TV shows. How much would you like to risk? I'm going to make it another true Daily Double, and if I'm like negative 3000 I'm going to be really upset, but let's do this. Okay, the clue. This show featured George and Louise moving on up to the east side. Uh... Uh, 
the Jeffersons. Oh, congratulations. Oh, Back God. on the plus yes. side with a thousand points, Yancey. You dug it out. You want to go to the last clue in the category for 800? Yeah, let's clean it up. Okay, 70s TV show's final clue. Gabe Kaplan mentored a class of students nicknamed the Sweat Hogs in this 70s staple, which introduced John Travolta to the world. Uh... It's Welcome Back, Cotter. You're down to 200. Pick again. Uh, let's go memorable movie scenes for 200. Ben Gardner's head. Uh, what is Godfather? No, I'm sorry. It's Jaws. It's Jaws, Yancey. Down oh. to zero. <laughs> let's go memorable movie scenes for 1,000. For All the way down to 1,000. Viet Cong soldiers force American POWs to play Russian roulette. What is Apocalypse Now? No, I'm sorry. It's The Deer Hunter, minus 1,200. Go again. One of my favorite bands of all time is Deer Hunter, and they're named after that. Maybe I really should have known that. Um, All right, same category uh, for 800. 800. Alvy and Annie try to boil lobsters. (laughs) I don't know. It's Annie Hall, up to minus minus 2,000. Yancey, pick again. Uh, Let's go same category for 600. Randall McMurphy receives shock treatment. What is one flew over the cuckoo's nest again? That's correct. Minus 1,400. Pick again. And then I'll take the last question in memorable movie scenes for 400. The clue. Huge boulder chases Indiana Jones. Let's go with Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's correct. You're up to minus 1,000. One category left. All right. Let's go video games for 1,000. All the way down for 1,000. This video game had the player rapidly pressing two adjoining buttons in order to propel an Olympic athlete towards victory in several events, including javelin throw, high jump, and hurdles. I can see the video game in my head. Oh, this one's going to hurt. It's Hyper Olympic, although I would have also accepted track and field. Minus 2,000, pick again. Oh, that really hurts. Okay, uh, video games for 800. The Daily Double. You could, you are at minus 2,000. You could risk up to 2,000. It would take you to $0, Yancey, if you get this correct. How much <laughs> would you like to wager? I'm going to wager 2,000. I don't care. Good for you. Okay. The Clue for the Daily Double in video games. Often cited as the worst-selling home video game of all time, this game, based on a 1981 Steven Spielberg movie, famously saw the video game company bury thousands of unsold copies in a New Mexico landfill site. I know this for a fact. It is E.T., the video that game. Is, what is E.T., the video game? You did. You formed it in the form of a question. Correct. You got it right. Good, for you. Good stuff. Up to minus 1,200. Pick again. Let's go video games for 600. This video game was the first game to incorporate hand-drawn animation and featured the art of Don Bluth as the player navigating... Dirk the Daring through dungeons in search of Princess Daphne. Uh, what is dungeons? I'm sorry, time's up. It's Dragon's Lair. Minus 1800. Pick again. Two, two clues left. 
this isn't going how I was hoping. <laughs> Let's go with video games for 400, Chris. Featured prominently in a 1998 episode of Seinfeld, this video game had the player trying to navigate a small animal across a busy highway without getting squished. What is Frogger? That is correct. Up to minus 1,400, you have one category left <laughs> worth 200. A positive outcome is not looking well. The, the final clue in the category video games, ANSI, is this arcade game, released in 1980 by Namco, was an instant hit and went on to become one of the biggest pop culture staples of the 1980s. Uh, what is... What is uh, Mortal Kombat? No, I'm sorry. It's Pac-Man. And you finished... Unfortunately, you finished with minus Yikes. 1,600, Yancey. Um, Dude. Yeah, you know, it was... I, I thought it was relatively easy questions. I guess I was incorrect on that one. So... Can we... Um, just, can we- can we just address the fact that Please if do. I don't answer the question, I'm not supposed to lose points. This is like I feel like this is rigged. Like No, no, because <laughs> like there's no, the way it is, no if way you, I could have won. If you pick the category, right? And you get you pick the category, I say whatever whatever, movies of the eighties for two hundred, and I don't know the answer, I get minus two hundred. That's the way it works. But since you're the only contestant, you get to pick the whole board. You get to go in whatever order that you want, including getting all the daily doubles. <sighs> I know, this I know hurts, it's tough. Chris. So here's the thing. This, Normally, this hurts. <laughs> unfortunately, as a result of, you know, finishing the way that you did in the hole, um, you are not, you do not qualify for Final Jeopardy. I'm sorry. So, but you know what? I, it's, it's you know, I, I feel bad, right? So I feel. No, you don't. <laughs> Wait, feel, let's, let's get one thing. I know the answer to one thing, and it's the fact that you do not feel bad, Chris. You love this. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Yancy. You're wrong. I don't like to mess with the millennial at all. It's not, it's not even fair. So I tell you what, and, and to prove that I, that I feel bad about it, I'm going to give you another chance here because you don't qualify for Final Jeopardy. <laughs> how about if we do this instead? For the final round, instead, you know, instead of Final Jeopardy, how about if we flip things on its head? Because I love to mash things up around here, right? And I love my Gen X game shows. So why don't we mash two together? And instead, let's play a round of the winner's circle uh, from the $100,000 pyramid. So here's what's going to happen. Yes, you got a chance to win some more money. Okay, you can win up to $100,000 here today. This is incredible. This is what a great, great chance. Six categories. We're going to run the categories. I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you clues. I'm just going to give you lists. Okay. And you have Mm -hmm. to guess what the category is for that list. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Go. I'm ready. Hey, sit on it. I'm Richie Cunningham's best friend. I'm going to put on water skis and jump over the shark. The Fonz. Yes. Things Fonz, you might say. We'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. Next. Sanford and Son. Different Strokes. Rhoda. The Odd Couple. What's happening? Alice. What are 70s TV shows? Yes. Very good. 76 times. Okay. Okay. Stretch Armstrong. Viewmaster. Light Bright. Weeble Wobbles. Kids Toys. Spirograph. Etch-A-Sketch. Pound Puppies. Easy Bake Oven. Cabbage Patch Kids. Rubik's Cube. Snoopy Snow Toys. Yes, I'll get you. Gen X Toys. Physical. Betty Davis Eyes. Eye of the Tiger. Every Breath You Take. 
flash dance. Uh, center. What are eighties eighties movie songs? Mm, Billie Jean. Mm. Uh, Private Eyes. Man Eater. Down Under. When Doves Cry. When Doves Cry. Wake me up. Songs of. Uh, like a virgin. Money for I mean, nothing. 80s, 80s songs? Yes, yes. 80s songs about... I've had the time of my life. Money for nothing. Um, like a virgin. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Nine to five. Uh, pass. Hong Kong Fooey. Scooby-Doo. Bugs Bunny. Rickety Rocket. Godzilla. The real... Cartoon characters? Ghostbusters. Fat Albert. Rock and Wrestling, Gilligan's Planet, Captain Animated Fox. shows? Animated yeah. cartoons? Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons. Okay. Curly Sue. Uncle Buck. She's having a baby. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Weird Science. The Breakfast Club. Sixteen Candles. Oh, what's that guy's name? Oh, John Hughes. Yes, John Hughes. Let's get back to the other category. Uh, Billy Jean, nine to five. Uh, say, say, say. Call me. Centerfold. I love rock and roll. Ebony and Ivory. Another one bites the dust. Every breath you take. Betty Davis eyes. Oh, time's up. It was number one songs from the 80s. Number one hit songs. Oh. Centerfold by Jay Giles Band was a number one song. Number one on the Billboard charts. Oh man, that's so close. I was throwing Yikes. so many. We didn't get. You got there. You didn't do too bad. You got what you get. You got fifty three, fifty four. You got seven hundred fifty bucks. So not bad. Not bad. You made a little bit of money today. You know, you finished so down in I Jeopardy. So I take the but... seven fifty that I made from the Pyramid Game, and yeah. I pay Alex Trebek the money that I owe him from Jeopardy. And then you still owe another twelve hundred. That's correct. <laughs> so you could just right. send me a check, and it'll all be good. So uh, I don't know. I didn't think I was that hard on you tonight, or was I? Give it to me straight. Give me some feedback. Um, I think the first round of Jeopardy, I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a genius. And I'm like, so everybody that's listening to this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not not great, Bob. Not great. I, I, I did my best to try to, to try and keep it simple. And by the way, I use the uh, the money scheme for it. I don't you do. I think first round of Jeopardy now starts at 200 bucks and goes up. Right. But in Gen X, it always started at 100. The first round was 100 to 500, and then the round mm-hmm. two was 200 to 1,000. So that's the way I went with because it's Gen X Jeopardy after all, you know? Um, I don't know. I tried to go easy. I, I, I'm assuming I, I always get funny emails and stuff when we do shows like this because people mm-hmm. people always say I'm, I was driving and, you know, commuting to work and I was listening to it, and I'm screaming at my radio. <laughs> well, <laughs> because... expect, expect more of the same, Chris, because I didn't get questions like the Godfather. Like, I'm not I'm, – sometimes I think I say some things that are semi – like coherent and intelligible and people are going to say like wow you know maybe maybe he's a little you know maybe he has a little bit of smarts to him maybe he knows something and then we have episodes like this where like the most common pop culture references and entities of all time i'm just sitting here like oh yeah i've never seen the godfather and this is a problem and i feel stupid (laughs) no it is not but the thing is too that people don't realize is oh you're right on one thing so two things i'll say one thing you're right that i did try to give you a lot of stuff that we've talked about on the show like some people might say oh the the, the question on dr hang s and gore is hard but we really talked about the killing fields a lot on the show in depth in depth for sure so so there is that i tried to keep if you go back and look at all the questions i tried to you know tailor them to a lot of stuff we talked about on the show um 
Um, so that's for sure. But the other thing that I got to mention is like people don't realize it's tough when you're under the gun and you're trying to pick categories and you're and then I'm telling you you're minus a thousand, you're minus two thousand at one point. Like it's mm-hmm. you start sweating, you know, and you start to get nervous, right? So um, it's not easy, you know, being put under the gun like that. So good on you for doing it, and it's it's hard, well, you know. It it is hard. I feel like I just like did like a bunch of cardio. Like I'm literally sitting here sweating, and I can like, I can hear my heartbeat in my ears, which I I don't think is healthy. Like I think that like portends like I don't know cardiac arrest or something. But it is so much harder whenever you're put on the spot like this. Like even when you're mentioning the the 80s number one songs, like I'm thinking like okay, uh, yeah, Jake Isles Band, and you know the, singing the Police, and like I I know what the songs are. Yeah, I know what's the, the name common of the thread? Artist. Yeah, what's the thread? Yeah, right? but I'm, I just I never put it together that it might be a number one song. Right. It's just it, it is. Really Really, really difficult. It's hard. It's not easy. And it's like when you watch the uh, the the actual game show itself, you get to see the categories. So it makes it mm-hmm. you know more difficult for the audience because you're like, oh, you see what it is. So then you know right away, and then you watch the person go through it. Here, we obviously don't know the uh, you know what the categories are until I, I mention it. But I thought you did pretty good. You know, I thought you did good. You made some money. You got to pay some money back. Like you can send me a check. Just make sure you get that in the mail. <laughs> it's in U.S. funds too, not Canadian funds. So make sure that you do that for me. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, well, I was going to mention a couple of things. Uh, we mentioned books at the top of the show. Next uh, show, you want to come back and talk about our favorite books of all time. I'm very curious to know from a millennial point of view what your top five novels of all time are. You run and do that next time. Absolutely. No. Can we? Can this just be as open as we want it to be? Any any genre, any Anything. type of whatever. Your, your favorite? Okay. You, you, do we agree? Novels, though. Is that does that seem fair? What our favorite novels of all time are? Um, I would just I would just leave it as open as possible and say okay. let's just talk about books. Okay, books. Our favorite books that we've ever read. Yep, five favorite books you've ever read in your life, and uh, yeah, we'll come back and do that. I'm curious because a lot of mine are not necessarily Gen X. Base. Some of them are a lot older. I like a lot of older stuff, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what your take is on that. I'm very, very curious to know. Um, hey, listen, if anybody out there, want, if you want to reach us um, on uh, Twitter, you can get us at C. McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. And uh, we did have a little bit of news that we wanted to share too, Yancey. Uh, did, did anything newsworthy happen to us here at the podcast over the last couple of weeks? Uh, something did. I didn't know how you're going to kind of like bring this into the podcast, but I did want to mention it. So um, you've heard us reference the podcast of words before, guys. It is a... Um, it's basically just like an acknowledgement of some podcasts that are really getting a lot of, um, you know, uh, esteem from their listeners and that they have like a really uh, avid support system and, and people that listen to their show and really like what they're hearing. And for the second consecutive year of us doing the podcast, we were we were basically named as finalists for the podcast awards. And I'm not going to say this lightly, Chris, and I'll let you. Um, you know, give your thoughts as well. But like, uh, we're not the biggest podcast in the world, which I know is probably really surprising to you guys. Uh, <laughs> you know that we're not the biggest and most powerful and um, <laughs> you know most attractive podcast out there. But you know, we run a small operation here. Chris does all the editing himself. He does all the drops, uh, cleans up all of my ums and stutterings and like awkward pauses and us talking over each other. Um, this is just like a like a little operation. It's a labor of love that you and I have done for a little while now, and we really enjoy doing it. Um, but I will say this: that the fact that for two consecutive years with this, you know, I I wouldn't call it a small audience, but with this, you know, relatively medium sized audience that we have, the fact that uh, with with the amount of listeners that we have, that they have all been so actionable and nominating and um, just putting in the work to make sure that this happens for us um, two years in a row, actually, is really, really overwhelming for me. And I, I, I say this is somebody who isn't hyper emotional about everything, but when it comes to stuff like this, whenever you get affirmation 
uh, from your listeners that something that you're doing, um, that they're responding to that, it really makes me feel good. Um, I I don't know how else to like really say this without you know just sounding like an absolute like I don't know just incredibly soft on on air, but it really means a lot to me whenever people reach out to us and and give us feedback, even good or bad, and just listen to the show. And with that, I'm gonna kick it over to you because um, my voice is cracking like a like a little child. So w- <laughs> what do you have to say about it, Chris? I'm I'm really happy about it. So yeah, I'm super excited about it as well. Like I said, two years in a row to be named a finalist in the entertainment category, I think is outstanding. Um, you just you said it all. I mean, the listeners have been fantastic, um, and being able to nominate us for this, uh, it goes now to a panel of I believe 1,150 judges in total that are made up of listeners and podcasters and producers and thought leaders, and they will listen to all the shows and they'll vote. And the voting will be done in September, um, and the awards will be streamed live. So we'll we'll, we'll mention that as we get closer. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I uh, again, like you said, a bit of an affirm. It's a labor of love. We do that. I do this because I love doing this show, and I think it comes across in my voice. I hope it does how much I love doing this podcast. It's a lot of fun. So then to be able to get some, you know, recognition in some way for it, you know, is, is pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I just think it's fantastic. I love doing this. And, uh, and and the biggest thing for me about doing podcasting is the friends that we've made. Like we've made some really Absolutely. good friends doing this show. So that's that's pretty good. And then the other, just the you other know, thing, yeah, you had something else you wanted to mention. I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit more credit too. Like I, I, I don't want to be like coy about this at all. Like Chris has a lot of work on this podcast, guys, and I, I try to mention this a lot. And off air, I always thank Chris for being incredibly flexible with my schedule. I work in retail management, and my schedule changes almost daily. Um, we were supposed to record this podcast multiple times over the last like week and a half or so. I had to push it back. We we're supposed to record on a Sunday, but tonight we're co- recording on a Friday. Um, so, like to you, Chris, thank you for you know. First off, coming up with the idea, the the inception of this was all Chris's idea. He pitched it. He said, hey, don't worry about the editing. Don't worry about anything. Chris did it all. And I really appreciate it. And just for me, um, you know, in my line of work, there isn't a whole lot of uh, there's not a whole lot of room for creativity and um you know, just being allowed to talk about like things like this that don't pertain to what I do for a living. So it's nice to have this outlet, to have this medium to actually um, engage with you and engage with the listeners on stuff that I, I care about and stuff that I enjoy. And yeah, that, that I guess that's all I have to say. But just thank you, Chris. Also, like that, I, I feel like this is you know collectively we're a team, but this this has a lot more to do with you and and all you've done for the show than it does for me. So honestly, thank you. No, it's, it's it, it, I, I appreciate it. And like I say, it's a teamwork. Uh, it's definitely a, a team effort. And uh, I just I, I I just love doing the show. So it's, I don't mind doing anything Likewise. any work-wise because I just love doing the show. And the other thing I should mention, too, is the, there's a website called The Girlfriend. They're at thegirlfriend.com. And they put together an article of the top 10 podcasts that they recommend to their listeners. And we made the list because of the Gen X angle that we take on here. Sometimes they, they felt it was a real um, trip down memory lane for a lot of their Gen X listeners uh, or their, their Gen X readers, I should say. And so they recommend us on their top 10 list of podcasts they recommend, which I just think is great. So they're over at thegirlfriend.com. And uh, yeah, it's really great. We're just having a lot of fun doing this. And I don't know, I always said if you put out good content and you have fun doing it, you know, good things might happen. So luckily they are. So I guess on that note, I will leave things off again. If you want to get us on Twitter at C McBrien or at Yance Eaton, our website's popgoesyourworld.com. All of our contact information is there and you can reach out to us. We answer back. We absolutely do reach out to us we'll have a conversation until next time this is chris mcbrien for yance eaton saying thanks for listening to pop goes your world the pop culture podcast for the generations thank you for listening to the pop goes your world podcast 
Continue the conversation on Twitter at C. McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. We'll be right back.